0: Hi, guys, this is your host, Ola, and welcome to the All Things Money podcast, where I'm here to discuss all things money from budgeting, saving, investing, and everything else in between. This week on the podcast, we are here to talk about financial wellness. Financial wellness is not something we have covered on the podcast before, but another important topic nonetheless. To help me discuss what financial wellness means and how you guys can go about finding it, I'm joined with Melanie Yusebi now. I don't want to give too much away as she has done some amazing things and I would love for her to introduce herself. Hi Melanie, how are you doing?
1: Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me today.
0: You're welcome. I'm good. Thank you. Please introduce yourself to everyone listening.
1: Sure. Um, my name is Melanie Sabi. Um, if you've read the book, you can call me Mel. Um, <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> and I, yes, I um, you know, during the, the day, I do have a full-time job as the kind of the lead for inclusion and diversity at a large consulting firm. But then um, on the side, one of my passions is financial wellness, um, economic empowerment. And so, yes, happy to be here to talk to you guys about money and how to feel good about money.
0: Yes, and you left out the crucial bit as well. You're an author.
1: Yes, I am an author, (laughs) I'm an author. My book just launched my book is just launched like what on January 22nd so it hasn't even been a fresh month yet people (laughs) I'm still not used to introducing myself as an author to be honest (laughs) but yeah it's been it's been an amazing ride and quite frankly the, the book is not I didn't see it as a book I wrote it as a love letter to my girlfriend that's I that's it was a loving I wanted a loving letter to my girlfriend where I was able to share and she was able to share as well. So in the back of my mind, I would say, did I say that to my girlfriend? So that's why I probably don't see it as a book. Mm -hmm. Let's just call it a love letter.
0: Amazing. And guys, if you're wondering what the book is, it's called Financial Wellness and How to Find It. So that's very fitting with the title of this podcast episode today. But obviously, Mel, you said it's a love letter to your girlfriend, but what actually inspired you to write your book?
1: Because I, you know, I've been really fortunate. I had a lot of, I had some really great jobs coming out of school and I was making a lot of money. Um, you know relative to my peers but I quickly realized I think probably like in my late 20s early 30s that I just didn't really know about money and this is me working in financial services you know like I worked for the bank so people you would say think this. Mm-hmm. right like financial services is a primary kind of social mobility vehicle like because mm-hmm. because you, you can make a lot of money quite quickly after school and but I, I wasn't kind of maximizing the use of my money and I remember some of my friends like this dude I remember he just bought a house like he put down payment. I was like wow that dude is real you know or you know in yeah. terms of maximizing pensions or even just you know you know what compound interest is but in regards to really applying it to your life and mm-hmm. um, particularly in the U.S. and Canada you'd see that like the offers for credit cards coming out you know when you come out of school when you're in school to build your credit you know you just in terms of thinking about what Credit means and what it look how it you know impacts your life. I you don't really get to think about that in a practical way. And let's not even talk about investing. Right? <laughs> investing was the most I was was just like let's just kind of put the money off into some random fund and mm-hmm. not really think about you know just kind of later on. So even though yes I was making loot, I wasn't really maximizing yeah. my loot. You know I wasn't <laughs> thinking that way, and I I had freedom buying like I was buying things that I wanted to buy that I couldn't yeah. buy when I was a kid and yeah. you know handbags man I loved handbags like I brought my first Louis the Tone you know <laughs> <laughs> and I bought my, you know what I mean I was just, yeah I was yeah. you know like I was just like going out to eat all the time and I was just yeah that was that was a so that being said, I wasn't managing my money effectively um, in regards to just thinking about and I, there was no concept of me working for my money mm-hmm. and working for my goals, like larger goals in yeah. life, whether it be to start my own business. So why I wrote the book, how it came to the, the kind of the crux point, is I wanted to start my business. I wanted, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And then I realized that I was in this, this, this trap because actually I couldn't quit my job right? I I couldn't quit my job Mm -hmm. to start the business. So I, all of a sudden I was kind of slaving and working full-time during the day and trying to start my business at night because I didn't have any savings to back up, you know, like that three month or six month sort of savings. So all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, money is freedom. Yeah, (laughs) I don't got it. I don't got no money. (laughs) That means I got no freedom. That means that honestly, all of a sudden you start to feel trapped Mm -hmm. in your job rather than feeling empowered. And so that was the, that was the crux point, really, that I, that's what I felt, oh, Mel, get it together, you know, get it together.
0: No, it's really interesting you said that, because I feel like some of you guys that can relate, because I know there's so many of us young people now, like you said, a lot of us work in financial services, some of us are very fortunate Mm -hmm. to have actually well paid jobs out of uni, even if you haven't, that's not the end of the world either. But, you know, I think a lot of people can relate, when you said we're making money, but we're not learning how to maximize it what more can we do with our money and this is exactly why I founded all things money I think there's so much we're not talking about budgeting saving Yep, they're important but also knowing you can invest you can maximize your pension you can you know you can maybe get your employer to match that so I really do relate to what you said there
1: that's the thing and on top of that maybe you don't want to work at that job forever yeah so what do you want to do so many people want to start businesses and you know, so many women particularly, because you know it, it does allow you certain flexibility when you mm-hmm. start your own business. You're working on your own time, on your own thing. And all of a sudden you realize you don't have the freedom to even do that because you need to work for that salary yeah. because you haven't been saving the extra. Mm. So that was what really killed me because I was so tired. I couldn't imagine starting a business on the side and then working. Mm-hmm. And if I think about being a Black woman, then I just think about, you know, we don't get the investment rounds that other races and genders do yeah. for, for our businesses. And so what that means for us is that usually we do have to hustle. We don't have access to capital in the same way. We don't have access to generational wealth that's passed on in the same kind of way. Mm-hmm. So it, all of a sudden, it heavily reliant on you and your own efforts as a, as a worker. And so that means that the freedom is just not there to do our own thing, to, to, to be, off, be an entrepreneur. So that's, that's what really, that's what it really kind of punched me in the face that I was like oh wait a minute I've gotten myself into a trap that I can't get out of Mm -hmm. that's why I wanted to write this book because I didn't want it to be from on high like you should do this and you should do this and this is about financial instruments it's not about that it's about girl what's your dream and let's make your dreams happen I love this because (laughs) and because money it fuels your dreams in the world that we live in
0: exactly and the key word you touched on is freedom and hopefully a lot of you guys listening to this podcast episode today would maybe you know like to start your own business would like to feel even just financially free you know so for those who don't actually know what financial wellness is what is it now
1: so financial wellness is not wealthy It's not being wealthy. Financial wellness, just like, you know, it it does closely link to your kind of your health and wellness, your physical health and wellness. But financial wellness is about how you feel about your money. You feeling comfortable with how money plays a role in your life and you know what to do with it. Now, what I mean by that is that you don't need to know, you know, you don't need to read the financial times of the day, the pages. You don't necessarily need to know all the financial instruments, but you know where to find The answers. It's kind of like maybe you don't know how to cook that butternut squash, but you can go and get the recipe on Google and you feel comfortable doing that. You can go and ask a friend. You can go and ask an accountant. You can go and ask your bank manager. What I found with a lot of my friends, my girlfriends particularly, is that we weren't even comfortable asking the question because there was a heavy layer of shame. Like we were supposed to know, but we didn't know. We were supposed to be doing this, but we're not doing it. Yeah. And so financial wellness is unlocking that layer of shame so that you feel comfortable. You understand the role that money plays in your life, how you exchange your time for money. You And you have it in its proper place. And so it doesn't mean that you're wealthy. It doesn't mean that you know all your bills are paid you know, <laughs> in, 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 in advance 10 years. It doesn't mean that at all. Yeah. It just means that you know how much money is coming in, how much money is coming out how your time equates to your money. And also, you know that, Hey, if I don't have, if I don't have the answers, then here are the resources that are available to me. And I have the right to know answers. You know how powerful your money is as well. And so as a consumer, as well as a creator. So, and your value that you contribute. So it is that double X economy that I'm, that I'm I'm focusing on because women. Women's work is so gendered sometimes in terms of the care that we give, the services that we offer. And so that's why even though everyone can learn from the book, I I do drill down a little bit on some Mm. of the typical examples that women go through. Yeah. So that's what financial wellness is. Knowing the role of money in your life and feeling comfortable with it. Understanding how money contributes to your long term and short term goals and being able to work towards that.
0: Amazing well feeling comfortable I know that's something a lot of young adults even if you're slightly older than a young adult and whoever mm-hmm. listens to this podcast I know being comfortable with money is something that a lot of people really struggle with and that's I think where financial anxiety comes into it people feeling guilty feeling stressed Mel what impact can money actually have on our mental health because I know there's been a lot that's been going on the last two years that may have had an impact may have had an impact on our mental
1: health. Oh my goodness. There's so much that has gone on in in the last few years, but I think mm-hmm. particularly you're, you're staring at life and death situation essentially. And it does ask you, it causes you to ask questions about your life and, and how you want to spend your time. The, the, yeah. the, because you're all of a sudden encountered with women. I could die tomorrow or, or you're more unfortunately encountered with someone that you love, someone that you care about has, has, has passed away. And so that forces you to start looking at, okay, well, what do I want to do with this little time, with this precious time that I have left on this planet? So that's why you see there's things going on, like the Great Resignation, where people are like, wait a minute, I've been exchanging my money for exchanging my time for this money, and I'm not sure if the exchange is worth it. So I might go down to four days a week. I may not want to commute as much. I think also what's happened in the last two years, particularly for white-collar workers, who were able to work from home on their laptops. I think there was a big realization of how much kind of corollary um, or kind of associated costs are involved with your job. So your job is not just the kind of the cost of your time. Your job is also the fact that you have to commute in. So that means that it's two hours each way. On top of that, it's the cost of transportation. Um, Your job is also your, your, your clothing. And the uniform that you need for for your job as well. So, make, so all of a sudden, you're wearing the same tracksuit bottoms every day and changing up the t-shirt, <laughs> and so and Chile. that changes things literally, right? So, all of a sudden, you realize that there's a there's a, there are associated costs with working that costs on your time and costs on your cost on your money. That you know, are they worth it? Uh, yeah. So, I think that that really was drilled home during the 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 pandemic and. Um, it, it's great to see that people are taking more control of their livelihoods, you know, and they're really saying, wait a minute, what, you know, what do I need? A lot of more people have retired yeah. early as well, because they're just like, well, how much money do I really need if I'm not happy? You know? <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that it's a, it's a great, it was a great leveler for that, but it came at extreme cost. Yeah. It came at extreme cost. Yeah. Extreme co- yeah massive cost, to, you know, too much of a cost, but maybe that's the, the, the big, maybe that was the big push that we all, needed. Yeah. Because my, my father passed away in the first year of the pandemic and I wasn't able to kind of see him or talk to him. And it, you know, it hurts me that he all now I, I I know that he died by himself in his hospital bed.
0: So sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, and, and you know, it just forces you to think, what's worth it? Is this yeah. worth it?
0: And it it's a very big reminder that life is so short as well. But that mm-hmm. being said, I still feel because that's one of my things I've very I learned from a very young age that life is so short. And time is precious but you know that doesn't does sometimes that doesn't help even knowing that doesn't help how i feel about money sometimes so i still you know often feel guilt i might have financial anxieties so what tips would you share for those that kind of still feel anxious or guilty about spending their money
1: yeah most definitely one of the most powerful unlockers of shame is talking about it um it it was so it is about unlocking the the conversation It's amazing to me since writing this book and since kind of taking up this platform, how many people are just like, oh, I feel the same way too. Yeah. I was like, well, of course you do. Of course you do. And then all of a sudden, you know, it starts to unlock things. So I've had these parties, these budget parties. How this whole book started really was because I had a budget party. I love that. (laughs) So it was. We first started off with like a few girlfriends and I just getting together on Friday. And I was like, well, a girl invited me over and I was like, girl, look, I gotta do my budget. She's like, this yes, girl, just come over, we'll play some in the background, you can do your budget in the background. We'll sit around the kitchen table catching jokes. Anyway, I'm like, okay, cool. So it was hip-hop playing in the background and wine and cheese and snacks. And we were all laughing and catching jokes because then it's our the budget. And then the next week we did it again. And sorry, the next month we did it again. But I my practice was to do my laptop. And then my other girlfriend was like, Well, I'm gonna do that too. Then all of a sudden we started talking about things and all of us started talking about, well, you know, how much do you contribute towards your pension or how much are you paying for that bill? And then all of a sudden we invited our other friend who was an accountant to explain some of the terms for us because yeah. we started doing it. <laughs> it just grew into something that was just like, whoa. And so then I started to do them at my school because I'm a professor and then I started to do it at my at my university and it, uh, you know, all of a sudden like 50 women just showed up I just put it online I'm like guys I'm having a budget party I'm gonna invite my friend who's an accountant who's really cool and he'll just uh, kind of explain stuff we're just gonna go through the budget and when like 50 women show up at the thing I was just like oh my goodness and it was so much jokes because it was just a bunch of like it was women from like the age of 22 all the way up to the age of 49 and yeah, we just started laughing and talking and you know everything from your you know your mobile phone bill all the way through to you know should I be buying a house with or without my boyfriend, you know, like that. Yes. <laughs> it, it, we just started so that it grew from that and then there was no shame and but then there were some amazing moments. I don't want to tear up, but there were some amazing moments. Like I remember one girl was just like, I get bills, she makes money, she gets the like her but the bills come through the door. And she ignores them to the point where they get red notice and she just oh, doesn't God. know why, like there were such a block. So then we, we invited her on and said, look, next time bring the bills with you, girl, we'll open them together, you know, and um, that, that's the kind of support that I think women need to bank on. We know, we can talk about our school, we can talk about our vaginas and how they stretch <laughs> during delivery. We can, we, we talk about all these things in the yeah. red tent. And so I was like, let's bring money into that so that we can talk about these things. So I would always recommend that you have that friend, let's bank, and capitalize on that. Those kind of intimate female friendships that we can form in a second, yeah. based on our shared experience, and talk about it um, first, and then and and do it together, so that you don't have to. You don't have to do this alone. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not. Yeah, you don't have to do that alone. You know.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. And I love that. I really love that because you've actually given me some inspiration because you guys get in tidbit information that is very exclusive but i'm planning on hosting my very first all things money in-person event some point this year covid allowing and i think you've just sparked inspiration and what young people can do so guys if you're ever interested in doing a budget party let me know and we can definitely do something like that but yeah I, i do think having open conversations is really important so important i always say this always say this and I think I may have said this earlier on in the season or last season on the podcast but just before Christmas I was like you know just a bit str- not I wasn't struggling with money and I w- wasn't an i to be in that position where I wasn't but I still had like anxieties about spending money and I was like oh gosh like you know like really struggling it's, it's so easy to internalize those feelings and not talk to anyone about it and uh, one evening I was like to my mom I was like look mum, like I just feel like this really tight feeling in my chest about money and it's just and it's not, not normal, but it's just like it did feel normal to me. And she goes, Oh, look, that's fine. Like now we've like voiced it and like I explained all my like, this, my money situation, everything like that. And she's like, and then when I spoke about it, I was like, Oh, actually, it's not actually as bad as what I thought it was,
1: you know? Oh. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's not as bad as we thought it was. And there and, and most importantly, there are so many people who are going through the same thing. Yeah. And hopefully what that also means is that we can start a movement where we feel entitled to financial information and financial inclusion, that if you think about 52% of the world feeling excluded or, you know, ashamed or uncomfortable with money, that is absolutely ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. absolutely
1: ridiculous. And quite frankly, we can stop seeing the problem as us and we could start seeing the problem as the systems and the institutions and the processes that have literally meaningfully at some point, unfortunately, excluded us or alienated us from our value and from our contribution and from our money. So I don't want to go too political, but everyone knows, you know, if you read the book, you know I'm an advocate. You know, you know that my background in terms of being an activist for economic empowerment. But that's where I want, I, I want us to be almost mini activists with our money. I want women to be able to say, wait a minute, I'm sorry. You want me to go to your grocery store, but you don't have any women on the board. And we are the purse." spenders of the household. That makes no sense. It makes yeah. absolutely no sense. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to start buying that way. I want us to, like, again, you see it sometimes with the cosmetic firms, for example, the cosmetic firms that don't have representative colors. You see Black Twitter just come for them. And I want us as women to come for all of the services that we pay for. So that everything from our energy bills to our banking services, to our groceries, we can, we can literally change the world with our economic yeah. consumer power. Um, but that's a bit much. At first, I just want you to have the conversation. Like, that's step 10. Let's start at step one <laughs> and just yeah. you know, have the conversation about what's coming in and what's coming out. It's painful in the beginning, just thinking about spreadsheets and stuff like that. Mm. So what I recommend is that you do that with wine. Uh, I can't drink wine yeah. myself right now, but I'm just saying that, or do it with like some tea with some snacks <laughs> and some music. Yeah. I just like just kind of decloak it with, from mystery. Like It literally is looking through your accounts for the, for the you know, month or for the week and saying, this is what's going out and this is what's coming in. And is it all right? Like my closure with that, that just starts to build. That's the building block of yeah. it, you know, because avoidance is such. I didn't realize what a strategy it is Like, bare people are avoiding just even looking at it from a high level. Like they just kind of, you know, like they're like, there's enough money in the account for us to buy that coffee or there's enough money in the account to pay that bill, but it's not necessarily bird's eye view looking at it, you know? Yeah.
0: No, massively, massively. And like, say if, you know, I've now spoken to someone, but I'm still really struggling with like my inner anxieties, my inner demons about, you know, spending money. What else can I do to reduce that kind of stress?
1: OK, so if you've spoken to someone and you still feel anxiety and stress, then we have to start looking at why you feel the anxiety and stress. In the book, there's a quiz because anxiety and stress can come from different sources. <laughs> mm-hmm or manifest in different ways so some of my um, some of the the money moves people some of my money moves community uh, it manifests with them checking their bank account every single day and you may think oh wow that's great they're on top of things no nah, girl Mm-mm. that's that's motivation of fear <laughs> like that's that's yeah. fear motivated yeah. behavior and it's not tenable and it's still you know why don't you think you have enough money in your accounts mm-hmm. um, why don't you think that you know what i mean or that people yeah. aren't paying you like that kind of thing that's one way, or there's a, a, another man, another kind of a stress, like another stressor is just avoiding the whole thing. So you don't know what you make, you don't know what it comes into your account and you don't know what, you know, like kind of like the ins and outs, you don't know your cash flow. So you just avoid the whole thing and just hope for the best, ignore the notices coming through. That's a different type of behavior, you know? Mm-hmm. There's also the stressor of you don't do anything at all. So you don't spend your money at all. So you're really, really, you know, kind of keeping your money close and that means you don't have any fun with your money you don't enjoy your money you don't say go out to dinner or maybe go once in a while or yeah. you know spend money on something that's really important to you because you're just or there's like the misgenerosity who just kind of spends everything and just does not you know and doesn't you know doesn't have enough money for bills in her account stress manifests in different ways and so we have to start looking at your mindset um, and and what what some of the triggers are why do you feel stressed so in the book there is um there are, there's a, a quiz that just asks you to look at, you know, some of the attitudes that you have with money and where you got them from. So yeah. in terms of, you know, how you were raised in your household and hopefully that can help you dig deeper into the source of stress. And then you can start working through that with some of the steps that are identified in the book. So, you know, sometimes like my, my mom was really good with money. She worked really hard and had no fun with her money uh, yeah. at all. There was no room for fun in her life at all. My father was, you know, he wasn't that great with money, but he was able to have fun with his money. And so that's, and so I was coming with these two warring factions, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I, was, and I couldn't balance it out in my head. It was with one or the other. And so that's why it, it caused stress in terms of how I thought about money and financial yeah. wellness. You know what I mean? Mm. If you want to look at the book, and also I think that there's the resources online as well. Where we can look at your mindsets and look at some of the historical stuff that's gone on with you and your money in, and some of the attitudes you may have so that you can kind of see that the source of it why are you stressed yeah are you stressed because you won't have enough are you stressed because you think money is evil are you stressed because you work for at a job that you absolutely hate for money like there's all kinds of things that could be stressing you out you know
0: yeah no fully thank you so much for that Mel because it is so true and when it comes to my financial anxieties I know very much the root cause of it so I'm very aware of why I feel that way about money And um, so yeah guys if you're listening and you are someone that is you know does stress about money because I do know that a lot of you always reach out to me about this or wanting me to cover this on the podcast so I'm glad we're having this conversation today mm-hmm. do have a little check-in with yourself and just kind of see if you can strip back and identify what the cause might be even read Melanie's book or what other people may like to do is go seek financial counselling is that something you would recommend Mel?
1: You know, I love this stuff, but I think that counseling, coaching is from a position of privilege where you have the extra loot to spend on counseling and coaching, right? So I have a finance, girl, I have, I'm like coach for days. So I got like my regular therapist, right? Like that's the (laughs) regular ones with all of my deep psychological issues Yeah, and just working through that. So I don't burden my friends with all my problems all the time. So I got my therapist that I meet, but I also have my, my coach, like my performance, my leadership performance coach Yeah. and I meet with him as well. So that's a separate, like he's an ex athlete and he, he coaches high performers. So we'll leave that to the side. The money stuff, I have a financial coach as well. And I've had like, he's my second financial coach. I had one earlier on in my career and I love it. I love his, I love working with him from an external perspective. So I would always recommend that you 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 receive coaching when you don't know how to do something, when you don't yeah. feel comfortable with doing something. But problem is is that it's from, you know, can you afford it? Yeah. <laughs> from, yeah. A lot just of people just true. can't afford it. True. Yeah, that's it. Like it's it's cute and everything. So I always recommend it. It's cool, but that's like the BMW version of <laughs> the resolution. So let's just talk about like, you know, people who are just reading the book and and just saying, I oh, actually know I'm I'm up to here with my ingoings and outgoings or like i don't have extra so that's why i would say that you know this is where you can open up the conversations with your community and just start with having a good view of what your incomings are and your outgoings are um there are some great books including my own that will help you just get a like get a handle on your own finances yes. just And and it's because at the end of the day, not everyone has money for a coach. Yeah, that's true. But I, but if you can't afford it, of course, of course you, of course, like why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And make sure that they are not being too, dare I say it, overly paternal with you. Um, You know that they're explaining. Things to you and teaching you so that you are empowered to walk by yourself. Yes. Rather than it being, you know, I'm not talking about a financial planner or a financial advisor. I'm talking about a financial coach that helps you run and like walk to run rather than someone who's doing it for you. That's very different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for differentiating those two as well. Cause that's really, Yeah. yeah. We're talking about like financial coaching slash counseling. So yeah, thank you so much for explaining that now. Yes. But before we wrap up today's conversation, if you could give one final tip for those looking to achieve financial
1: wellness, what would that tip be? One tip for financial wellness? Yeah. I think, gosh. <laughs>
0: I'll give two if you fancy it.
1: One tip is that, I know I didn't want to go onto the big platform advocacy stuff, but I really want to emphasize to people that you don't need to know everything. So dr- You will not actually know everything. Yeah. What I want you to know is that you are entitled to answers. And you need to start to look, you need to know where to get those answers. So, you know, we are entitled to information that's relatively easy to obtain about our money. Um, I want you to feel confidence and awareness about your own financial situation and confidence to ask the questions and the solutions that are available to you. So, the world has done a a number on us, a, a number on so many people. Financial stress is the biggest stressor out there yeah. I like that I remember FT did a, a, a big um, expose about it and so it it is a common and shared problem and that means that that, that it's a it's a global problem and it's not just about you know you not knowing enough so I want you to take uh, take away the shame and know that probably almost 50% of the planet feel the same way as yeah. you and so this is not about you kind of um, financial wellness is feeling entitled to the answers and being able to ask the questions And, um, and setting aside time for yourself to value yourself. I want you to have like meaningful kind of impactful conversations with other people about your money. That's my one tip. Like you keep it all inside and it's not going to work. Like you're just going to be holding a bunch of shame. So have authentic, meaningful conversations about you and your life and your money with your partners, with your friends, with your children, with your boss, with, your bank, with your accountant, like, because you are entitled to that. You're entitled to those answers. You're entitled to have those kinds of, you're entitled to bring money into the light. So, yeah, kind of go forward with that attitude. You're like, wait a minute, I shouldn't feel this way. And this is actually not my fault that I feel this way because 50% of the world feels this way, so there's a problem. But my one big piece of advice, I think, at this time of year is that we always, you know, what we do, we have a lot of goals this time mm-hmm. of year, don't we? We always yeah. set goals. I would say for those of you who have goals, so set kind of your New Year's goals, New Year's resolutions, I want you to quantify your goals in money. So go one step further with those goals and link your money to your, link your money to your goal. So what do I mean by that? Let's just say you say, I'm gonna, I wanna lose lose 15 pounds, I wanna lose 10 pounds. What does that look like financially for you to lose 15 pounds? Um, Does that mean that you have to pay for a personal trainer? Does that mean you're paying for a meal service? Does that mean that you have to take time out of your day to exercise more or to cook more meals. I find that with goals, sometimes we don't kind of monetize them yes. enough. And so yeah. they just kind of go into the wayside. So, you know, how much, if, if that goal is for you to go back to school, or if it's for you to go take a holiday, if it's for you to retire at 50, some it feels like we divide goals, we don't kind of associate goals with money and time. And I'd, I'd really like you to do that this year. Because then it will, it will help, you redirect your money and redirect your energy and your efforts into the goal if you understand a little bit more about what it co- what's going to cost you.
0: Thank you so much, Mel. Honestly, don't worry. I'm so glad I had you on the podcast today. This is a topic I'm not very well polished on, you know, and I just feel like you come with such passion and knowledge around this whole sphere of financial wellness. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hopefully, many of you guys have also found it really useful because I know it's something that a lot of us, you know, would hopefully like to achieve sometime in the future. You know, we all want to have this um positive feelings about money you know feel financially free and so yeah thank you so much Mel but before I let you go if people would like to connect with you online because you're an amazing lady or would like to purchase your book where can they go to do so
1: well, the book is available on Amazon woo-hoo, woo-hoo. so you can kind of get the kind uh, it's Kindle and it's the audible it's read by myself read lovingly
0: love that in
1: my own voice by myself <laughs> so you can also I think it's a good audible book like I'm an audible fan so that's why I think it you know in terms of you can listen to it in the background while you're washing your clothes and stuff like that um so you can get that definitely you can also get it at Waterstones as well you can get it in some of the the kind of the the bricks and mortar stores (laughs) and then also yeah like I um this whole book was based off of Money Moves and the Money Moves community so I want to thank Money Moves as well I want to thank these ladies because they were so generous with some of the stories that you hear and stuff, like, or you read is from there. And then we're starting Money Moves next month again. We're starting it for another six week program. And so if you guys want to join in and um, yeah, it's, it's me kind of doing, it's basically this book, but like on video, like it's, it's the budget parties. It's everything that we do together. It's, Getting the experts in, um, the you know, the mortgage experts, the accounting experts and saying, hey, and teaching you just to g- get a little bit more comfortable about money and teaching you how to ask questions about your money as well. So look out for that uh, next month. And so you can just visit me on MelanieUSAVY.com. That's it.
0: Brilliant. And where can people find Money Moves?
1: Money Moves is on MelanieUSAVY.com
0: brilliant what's up (laughs) so guys go check melanie out um and also purchase her book we're both currently holding our books right now um, it's honestly such a good book and it definitely i resonated with a lot of it so definitely go purchase it i'll leave all the links in the podcast description so yeah thank you again melanie for joining me on the podcast today
1: thank you so much for having me
0: thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the all things money podcast For more All Things Money, make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and make sure you tune back in next week.